literally from the time I can remember anything, and I can't really remember anything from my childhood other than I was obsessed with, like, sexiness and, like, boobs and, like, you know, this idea of, like, the adored feminine, you know, everyone kind of, like, drooling at her feet. Um, (laughs) But also um, being raised kind of, like, in a conservative Italian, like, religious family it was not necessarily easy to to feel like any of those feelings were okay, I guess. Um, and it's not that, like, my parents are, like, super strict. It's just those are the values that they were raised with also. It was just kind of how life was. Hey, everyone. My name is Sarah, and welcome to Her Ascension Story, the podcast that proves the world is transformed by every hero's personal adventure. Here we talk about the real and the raw things that we should all be talking about more. So if you want to be a part of the movement of getting real about the deeper, more meaningful things about life, be sure to subscribe and follow and get ready to get real. My hope is that this platform inspires you to explore and expand new empowering beliefs about yourself so you can make your own impassionate impact too. And those three pillars, inspiration, independence, and impact, aren't just the premise for this podcast, but for my work too. If you want to check out that more, be sure to go to herascensionstory.com or check me out on social media at herascensionstory. Welcome back, everyone. Today with me, I have Nadia Katerina, who loves nature and making every experience thoughtful of the earth. She believes that we live in a strange way in the world, especially when it comes to sexual suppression for women. She really embodies her values through performing her sexuality and her groundedness in her life. And I am so excited for this conversation um, that we get to share with you guys today. So Nadia, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, same here. I really love the work that you do, especially embracing the divine feminine aspect um, <laughs> with taking up energetic, uh, sexual, physical, and emotional presence. Yeah. Were you always like that? Or how did you get to be in the space that you are now? I guess I have to admit, I have always been maybe like hypersexual or like hyper aware of my sexuality. Uh, of really from the time I can remember anything and I can't really remember anything from my childhood other than I was obsessed with like sexiness and like boobs and like, you know, this idea of like the adored feminine, you know, everyone kind of like drooling at her feet. Um, (laughs) But also um, being raised kind of like in a conservative Italian, like religious family, it was not necessarily easy to to feel like any of those feelings were okay, I guess. Um, and it's not that, like, my parents are, like, super strict. It's just those are the values that they were raised with also. It was just kind of how life was. Um, but I've definitely been giving them a run for their money as far as, like, <laughs> what they're comfortable with. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of always been me, but really just this past year I've been really public about being unabashedly myself um it's been really fun it's also been really hard but uh yeah it's definitely everyday adventure wow that's so interesting so you said that it's kind of been hard um Mm -hmm. to really publicly Mm -hmm. you know be authentic and really embrace and express your 
true self. Um, but has it been hard, not just for the last year, but all through your life? Or like, have you gotten Definitely. negative feedback or anything <laughs> like that? Well, um, I would say now in this point in my life, and like probably for the last 10 years, I've just become really comfortable in my own skin and um you know and that that wasn't always there like I said like I just it's taken some time to like really own myself um and when I went to college just like almost everyone else that goes to college I gained a lot of weight and I was an athlete so I really didn't have a lot of body fat but the physique that I had didn't feel sexy for me and I felt really low um so gosh where were we where did we start this because sometimes I can go off on tangents um so yeah like you know we, as women we're we're told like hey this is sexy right like super curvy body like big boobs tiny waist giant ass tiny feet um you know delicate tiny hands and delicate little arms and like that isn't me now and it never ever has been me because that's just not I'm not built like that and some people are and it's cool but everyone is really built differently so I think original initially too on like this voyage of like loving myself and my sexual power I had to kind of release of those like norms of like what I thought sexy was and like kind of understanding what's what my sexy is um and there's no book on that. Like, no one has, like, a book about, like, how Nadia can be sexy, you know? <laughs> um, but then also just, like, be- believing that and feeling that truly, like, within every, like, pore and cell of my body. Um, you know, because there's, there's a lot of things that our mind has to fight socially against that. Um, so, it's, yeah, I think it's a challenge for all of us women or really men, too. No one's got it easy. But uh, for women, I think, too, especially. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think it's, you know, ever since the 1950s where you have to be the perfect housewife and wear your pearl necklace and look perfect when your husband comes home and have the dinner cooked and just all of that conditioning that kind of was drilled into society and how disempowering it was for women that we have to, like, have that approval in order to be worthy. Yeah. And to fit in the box and all of that stuff. And see, that's kind of like, sometimes I feel super contradictory to myself and I always have to catch like what words I put out there because I want women to feel strong, but I actually love that. I love the 1950s, which actually it's more of the forties because the fifties, they invented like TV dinners and stuff. So housewives got to slack off, you know, they got vacuum cleaners, (laughs) but but I do love that idea. Like that's kind of how I was raised and it makes me feel weak that I love having dinner for my husband or like washing laundry or like ironing our dinner napkins. Like sometimes I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so, it feels um, really contradictory to the message I'm putting out there. But I guess I have to remember that the message I'm putting out there is for like, the person to be themselves you know and so it's it's kind of it's kind of fun but you know there's there's another like mental hurdle too so (laughs) yeah well definitely and that wasn't that's not me saying like it's like um oh yeah no but well because I agree with that statement too because I agree I know what you're saying I'm not in a box you know 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, the way that <laughs> the way that I see it, it's like we um, the world at one point was definitely yes. like every society was almost it was a matriarch, yes. and then it got switched, you know, over thousands of years. And so I think that yeah. in my mind, that's when. Um, you know, when you have like the 50s and the 60s, mm-hmm. 60s with the birth control movement mm-hmm. and, and everything and like how women's choices over their bodies were really controlled by men, like a vast right. majority, like in, women had to go into like alleys, not literally, well, sometimes, yeah. but, like these sketchy bedrooms and like these weird apartments have abortions and stuff and yeah. and just everything. But yeah, like so where I was coming from was that we had to like as women go through this ancestral line of like being in power and then being disempowered and now like we get to experience both dualities we can be the homemaker and we can be the sexy wife and like the the femme fatale and whatever we want to be but yeah 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 definitely (laughs) in some ways ways I feel like it's even harder because there are so many options you know what I mean I don't know it's kind of uh it's kind of strange, but I also love, I love the challenge of like having to define it for ourselves now, you know, because it's been a hundred years um, since like female liberation and like getting the vote and like being considered equal as a man. And I think it's like definitely about time that we like get over this whole like female nipple problem, um, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's come a long way and, and I get, we us women like we get to redefine what it is for ourselves or or individually and I I think it's a a great place to be a woman right now (laughs) absolutely and actually if I can refer back to our little conversation before we started recording Mm -hmm. how we were talking about labels and how like they help us understand people and what people do but how you said they aren't necessarily able to define somebody in the same way the same label mm-hmm. or meet the author and meet their authenticity in the same way and I think that's right. a really good example of how every woman has to define themselves you can have this label and it doesn't necessarily mean shit <laughs> right. I mean it does but you can have a thousand labels and they can all contra contradict each other right. but because we are a thousand yeah. labels of contradiction but that's like, <laughs> I think that's what's so cool about every individual human is kind of like figuring out, you know, just who they are and how they move through the world. But uh, yeah, it's, oh man, sorry. Talking to you is really easy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I feel awesome. like it's easy to get off topic. <laughs> yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. yeah. No, it's cool. But it's so true. And even I think that in today's society, because of this, even more so grandiose liberation movement that women are going through, right. you know, equal pay and, and everything, yeah. how we can have so many different labels in one lifetime and we can just completely dismiss or erase labels from ourselves. Like I, when I was, you know, going through college, I could have been labeled as an alcoholic and a partier and, <laughs> yeah. and a quote unquote whore or anything right. like that. Right. And, but you go and you go into like your 30s, 35, 40s, and you're just a wine aficionado. Right. <laughs> and you love it, your sexuality. And it's just really, it's really insane how we're kind of put on a spotlight as women too. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's, 
gosh, talk about contradictions because what we've been like conditioned to understand what it means to be like the perfect woman. Um, oh God, I forget that video that came out maybe just a year ago. Ooh, crap, I might text it to you later. Um, but um, <laughs> it was this video about like the expectations of women, like be curvy, be thin, be muscular. You look so buff. Like, uh, did you lose weight? Have you gained weight? You know, like, and it was just all of these like, phrases that like don't be a pussy you know and like uh like be perfect you know and but like what perfect meant was was constantly contradicting itself and it didn't really leave any room for like a normal human and so I think yeah as women we are conditioned to like be very confused about what we are supposed to and not supposed to do, especially because this isn't the 20s, you know, it's not quite as black and white. And I wonder if it ever was then. But, um, you know, it's, you have to, we don't know what perfect is anymore. It's been totally exploded. And now we're in this place of like, being a female or female identifying or, you know, born this way, but feeling this way. And it's, it's a great and scary scary place it's just it's kind of like the renaissance of sexuality I feel like that's where we're at <laughs> oh I love that okay so let's continue on to this renaissance of sexuality yeah. <laughs> and so we you said that you know it's not just women or um anybody yeah. that is trying to be sexy that has like these struggles with their body of loving them at least in one point of their life or another Mm -hmm. so how did you personally help yourself love yourself and feel sexy even when back when you didn't yeah I actually wrote a blog about this um and I have to say I just and I really hate it when people are like just choose just do it but I did I made a decision one day like when I was really uncomfortable with my body that I wanted to feel comfortable with myself. Um, And I'll try to like not make this 10 years long. But um, (laughs) like when I was an athlete, uh, I was a pole vaulter, we were just like super buff machines, right. And um, I didn't love my like super strong fit body. It was hard to appreciate. And before I even went to school, my sister was a ballerina and she gained her freshman 15 and she came back. And I was like, I've always been a really skinny twig all my life. We all were. So she came back and she was larger and I cried. I was like, oh, Todd, like your body is so, it's like ruined, you know? And I'm like 13 at this time. So please forgive me. Um, (laughs) I was like so upset for her body. And she like did the best big sister thing ever but she kind of just laughed and she just looked at me and she was like nod this is not my forever body you know like this is just what I am right now and she's like besides I've been a skinny skinny ballerina like all of my life I'm really enjoying this shape it's fun and like she kind of already planted this seed for me when I started having my own body image crises um, or like down days that a body was transformative. Um, and especially that I'd had this body that I didn't really love for so long, um, like probably a decade, it was hard to remember that bodies can be transformative. And I remember being in my room like sophomore year in college and 
like I was really scared to be naked alone and um, I was assaulted my freshman year and that might have contributed to that I wouldn't totally blame the assault on that I just I think there's a lot going on when you're you're young in that age of life Um, but I was really scared to be naked and I wanted because I had this like huge sexual frustration at the time but like um like I just was super hypersexual and I was like this is this is a contradiction about myself I want to figure out um and so I really had some long talks with myself in the mirror and like decided that I wanted a healthier mindset towards my body like body mind and soul kind of a situation which I didn't even know that those words existed at that time either but it started with taking a shower and not taking so long between stepping out of the shower and getting dressed and kind of like when I would get into my bedroom because I had roommates but when I would get into my room and lock the door like make up excuses to kind of remain naked and like oh well I will fold the laundry and then after laundry then I can finally put a pair of underwear on I mean this was a long journey like a lot of my friends have always known me as like uh, sexually brave and like blunt and forward but they forget or don't know that I had to go like also seriously coach myself every day Um, and I would like take like naps with like I would have my towel on I would get under the like covers and then like take my towel off but like take naps naked so I was like extending my literal time of being naked (laughs) and like being comfortable that way and that that was maybe like 2009 and I kind of just kept doing that over and over so that eventually I could like with roommates clean the house in a t-shirt and my underwear or eventually a sports bra in my underwear um, to now where like I have you know a partner and I feel completely comfortable walking around naked all the time and if my neighbors like accidentally see my skirt blow up I'm not like so ashamed about it like it's (laughs) it's it went from like some really major baby steps to kind of still practicing that every day mentally but knowing that like this is life that I want for myself and with my body and that's that is the journey that is the journey right there sorry (laughs) oh no that's amazing I love that I think that body love in general is such a huge thing in society right now that a lot of people are struggling with so if you could offer somebody that's listening to this right now that's kind of struggling with loving their body for either this reason or that reason what would you tell them I guess just like forgive your body for responding to life in this way. Um, The body is a lot more complicated than just what we eat or how much we exercise. There is a lot of mental health that goes along with it. And I'm not saying that like, if you look this way or that way, it's because your mental health is low. It could definitely maybe contribute. I'm not a therapist. I'm just a normal person. But what I mean to say that like, it's very complicated. So forgive yourself and, um, you know, honor if you have cravings or don't have cravings, you know, and 
I think if you like listen more to the subtle body, which maybe those words don't even make sense. Like, I think you can be really rewarded and maybe the figure that you have physically is not what you want, but I think there's a great opportunity to have a kind of a body that nobody else has. And I think that is so cool. <laughs> so th- I guess uh, that's what I would that's what I would say like your body is so fucking cool and no one else can have that and that's what I think everyone should uh, just love it's so unique you know so. that's amazing I love that <laughs> <laughs> and you're also so right about the mental health thing because I I've practiced and I've taught integrative therapy um, for almost five years now. And ah. one of the basis is that our atoms, like we break our bodies down to an atomic level and inside these atoms are vastly empty space. And that's where our, our, pretty much our energy, our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings, our memories, our traumas, our experiences, mm-hmm. that's where we store them. Yeah. And if we don't clear those out, we don't process, we don't integrate the lessons from them, we don't move on from them, yeah. then they literally just stay there and I'm not saying that that's how fat gets spilled out right. or how stretch marks happen but it is or how anything like energy that. Energy gets stuck for sure, which is worse than like fat or cellulite or stretch marks. <laughs> Absolutely, because when you have this stuck energy, you yeah. feel it. Like you, you feel it on a physical level, yeah. and then if you don't take care of that, eventually it does manifest into physical form through yeah. either gaining weight. You know, a lot of um, women especially women store um, their emotions. Like when we, and men too, everybody does this, but um, no women, we women do scientifically. Women. Yeah. Yeah. I've so read this we, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We shove our emotions down deep and they literally end up in our hips yeah. and they, it gets stored as fat. And granted, like you can go into the biological reasons for storing fat on your hips is for childbearing and fertility and all of that good stuff. But yeah, so like even just going into yoga and doing some yoga poses for like hip opening, like you just clearing that out, like mm-hmm. it's it's just really amazing. It's I definitely and you can I, yeah go ahead sorry so oh I was just gonna note real quick like I love being in frog pose or some oh, hip, yeah. hip opener like that and you literally like feel this tingling sensation and then after like when if you're doing yin after a few minutes that sensation leaves the body and then you get up like after class and you're just like oh my gosh I feel like so much lighter it's because you yeah. release all of that stuck energy and yeah yeah you're (laughs) sorry no you're so right though and like um I think it's kind of corny but like really releasing emotion just like that like in a yoga pose like and I teach yoga too and I'd be like hey if anyone feels like crying in like this frog pose or whatever you know (laughs) and sometimes I even when I'm saying it like not that I'm saying it unauthentically but like even I'm just like hmm you know I don't really feel that but lately I've been like allowing myself to cry with those like weird tiny physical releases and it's it's really helpful like it's it's um maybe you're weird you know I don't know what that label talk about labels like I don't know what that would be categorized and if anyone needs a category for that but it definitely feels good Oh my gosh, it's probably definitely weird, but I am 1000% guilty for crying in yoga class. Yeah, it's so <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. I have been, oh, I'm sorry, go no, ahead. No, go ahead. 
I was in a yin class and it was the first one that I went to a studio in maybe like four months because I was going through, like I was moving um, around and everything. So I finally found like a home studio and I went to the yin class for the first time and they had Christmas lights on and music playing. And there were two teachers going around just like literally laying, like layering sandbags on top of you. And it was so amazing. And so I experienced like all of these emotional releases because of course I sent the intention before class to do exactly that. And then I was practicing with this one Sanskrit mantra and I was practicing it with um, this song in particularly and that song just happened to come on and all of a sudden I just my eyes were waterfalls I just completely lost it and I was like crying for 10 minutes straight and I was like I don't care who hears me obviously I wasn't like sobbing but (laughs) I was definitely sniffling and everything it was amazing though it's definitely weird but it's so healing yeah Yeah, exactly yeah for sure like Definitely, I th- like we we definitely store a lot in the body, and I think if we could just like be vulnerable, talk about like things to practice daily. Um, but if we could just like kind of be like quote unquote weak or vulnerable um, more often, I think we would be happier, more relaxed, and more honest with our feelings. Which I think. Again, maybe it sounds a certain way to certain ears, but I think those things have a truth to them for sure. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I think it's life-changing when you can do that. You can look at everything and everyone and every experience that you encounter with that same honesty and vulnerability and authenticity and courage. Yeah. I know we were talking about earlier about how women hold on to weight and um, – I've read somewhere that that is true um, because like there is so much kind of like social baggage that goes into a woman's body. Um, And I don't know if there is science behind this, but again, this is like something I've done with my brain is just kind of like, it's one of those like forgiving the body as it does change. And I actually like give myself a range between like 115 and 125 pounds. Like I've decided that's my happy weight, you know, um, that's where I normally am without having to like really think about eating or not eating or whatever it is. Um, and I think if we could like also just like a forgive our body for gaining or losing weight sometimes. Um, but then also again, it's more about like the feeling and like, as women like really just like let it go any kind of like standards like in the mind letting it go because like we were saying with like that uh like sacral chakra like it holds on and I think that's a powerful mental tool that definitely displays itself physically just like really let it go and that's why men because like men's minds are more quadrant and that's why men can like gain or lose weight like crazy because like they don't have like social emotional attachments to their weight so they don't have to like hold on to that baggage so anyways that is like a tool that I have used as far as weight uh feelings (laughs) I just think that's important I don't know yeah yeah definitely important to know that I'm so happy you did I really like that idea and and so how would you how have you personally and how would you recommend people to be able to help themselves let go yeah um 
I think it's like how I said earlier, just like really just like looking at yourself, maybe in the mirror, because that's really helpful, especially if you're a visual person. Um, but like having a conversation with yourself in a capacity um, and just say like, hey, this is it. Like, this is my body. That's my body. This is what we've got. Um, I'm just going to like say to myself today, okay, you know, I'm fine with this. This is how I am. And then, like, through every interaction, like, I don't, like, dieting is also the wrong word because diet, everyone's dieting. Even if they're not eating, that's a diet mm-hmm. of not eating. So this word of diet. Um, I don't do that either. The diet with, like, 30-day diet. Like, I don't follow. I, like, explore different diets, which means, like, Mediterranean or, like, Indian or, um, like Chinese or Thai, like I explore different diets. And what I discover through that process is that my body responds differently to different foods. Um, and so throughout my life, I like find I crave certain things and not certain things anymore. Um, maybe a lot of that attributed to also being gluten free and just kind of like looking at that Krispy Kreme box and being like, well, I can't have it. You know what I mean? <laughs> But I think it's, I think it's <laughs> yeah. more than that because I definitely have a sweet tooth and I'm a pastry chef. So it's don't be fooled there. There's plenty of things that I eat that are not healthy. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's really just like learning, learning your body and getting intimate through food, through exercise, different forms of exercises. Um, and really just that initial, like, just saying, like, this is my body and I'm going to take care of it in the best way I can. Um, and and really actually, like, doing some effort. And if you're, if you're tired or if you, like, have to get fast food, like, forgiving, like, totally, like, don't give a shit. Enjoy that burger. You know, enjoy the ice cream. Enjoy laying on the couch and also enjoy taking long walks, like, just come come through life with like an intention of like I enjoy playing with my body and with myself and that has been true my whole life so if it needs to rest I just say great this week I'm gonna be super lazy and I'm gonna love it and then I'm like this week I need to work really hard and I'm gonna like I'm gonna like really like you know feel strong at the end of it or whatever like get these projects done and I guess I just try to go in with a little optimism and I think that just really helps boost because it is, it is hard. You know, there's, there's mentally low days, there's days that you're tired and you're wondering when your last tired day is going to be, but trying your best and like trying to choose those best things for you. And if they don't feel the best, then just saying like, fuck it. I don't care. Like that's me. That's what I need right now. And I'm going to do it. So Yeah. Yes, a thousand times. Yes. I think that it's so important to really emphasize the human experience. And I mean, you hear the cliche, the quote all the time, you're not a body, you you're a soul that has Mm -hmm. a body. But at the same time, it feels like it's almost negating the physical experience of being alive on earth. Like you're a soul. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. But And spirituality is so amazing, but part of spirituality is experiencing how it feels to be a soul in a body and to have that physical experience. And so the body gets so 
left out and jaded and shaded all the time. Right. Like just because you have a certain body type doesn't mean that spiritually or emotionally or like as a uh, personality that you should feel like you can't do any of those things. Like everyone has the same amount of ability, really. And if there's something that you want an ability for, then like, go get it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's what I mean about like every body is so cool and so unique because I'm just astounded sometimes like seeing certain bodies perform or be or do or exist. And I just think it's like incredible. I just think it's so cool. So, yeah, totally. So I want to ask you a little bit of a taboo Mm -hmm. question, but I hope everyone listening, I mean, at this point, it's going to be like what episode 12. So (laughs) people are just kind of used to it by now. (laughs) But if you're a first time listener, then just hop on the train because we're just going straight to like taboo town. (laughs) So how do you think that sex can be a spiritual and a sacred experience? Because this is something that I... I love, I I think that it's so important for us to not just, first of all, have sex as a taboo Mm -hmm. topic, but sex is something that's also like negatively charged. Mm -hmm. Like our sexuality is so strong and so creative. It's that sacral chakra. Like why would we deny such a big part of our bodies? But yeah, so I want to hear your perspective on that. Um, so having always been very sexually charged, even from a young age, just like hyper aware of it, like not being able to wait until the day I could finally like have sex, you know what I mean? Um, I, though having sex is a very like deep and can be like, uh, very spiritual. I never approached sex or sexuality is anything to be put on a pedestal um kind of like the same way I'm not like I'm not going around saying like I've been breathing for this long or you know like I breathe like this but not to say that like breath work isn't a fun thing to experience to learn about to share and just like food like I don't you know like I don't really make a big, I eat a certain way, you know, um, I don't, and I have very like big intentions around my food, but I also am not like, um, ashamed of how I eat, you know, or feel like embarrassed by the way I eat or how much I eat or how much I don't eat. Um, and I really approach sexuality that way too. I've always just felt this understanding with my body that sex is something I want it to be as something as regular as eating and breathing in my life. I don't want it to be, let's probably taboo. Like I didn't want it to be a thing. Um, And so I was very promiscuous, you may say. Um, And I didn't really feel ashamed about it because like um, it felt really fucking good. (laughs) So like I knew I was supposed to feel bad about having sex, but I didn't at all um which also kind of made me feel bad because I'm like I like guilt is kind of like some of my driving forces (laughs) but um (laughs) but but then as I had a lot of sex I realized too that that exchange is energetic um and Mm -hmm. it's kind of a false 
falsity, falsity, I don't know if that's a word. It's, it's this false idea to believe that when you have sex with someone, nothing happens because there's a lot of energy exchange. And you can think about it kind of like in a chi, like a feng shui kind of an energy. Um, you could think about it scientifically, like literally fluids and skin cells exchanged and changed, you know, um, and there's something that happens there and that something is worth acknowledging. I think it's a really powerful thing. And it, I don't think kind of just like we were saying, like, just because you have a certain physical body doesn't mean that like spiritually you could, you're handicapped or, or personality wise, you're handicapped. And I think sexuality is like that too. Um, what was I, how was I linking that? Um, <laughs> oh, not human brains. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there is there is an energy exchange, and it doesn't have to feel taboo, but I think it is worth acknowledging in your own kind of way. And I think it's sex is really fun and really cool, and to to negate any part of that experience kind of, like, negates the whole reason you're doing it, which is, like, it feels good, and it brings you closer, and it releases chemicals. Um, so, so I think you can... I think you can look at it both ways, very pragmatically, like getting a job done. But I think also pragmatically to deny that something wasn't done is, is false. And, and I love, I love that about sex too. You know, um, you can make it a big deal or you cannot. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So how does your sexual charge empower you in your life? Um, gosh, well, because of this, like, my epitome dream is this, like, woman that men and women are just, like, dropping to their knees and, like, drooling all over, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's powerful, right, um, to, have, to have this kind of, like, command over people. Um, and my husband is an artist, and I learned from him that if you look at art through the ages – Whoever is nude in that art is the one in power, is the one in control. And that's often why you don't see naked women and why there's a lot of suppression still, I believe, for the female nipple, for instance, um, because power is being taken away by taking away like our ability to be equally nude as a man. Um, and so I, I kind of exercise my sexuality through like lingerie modeling or just like nude modeling. Um, and, and I feel powerful because I mean, yeah, you get comfortable with a photographer, but to some extent there is some like maybe sexual tension, maybe some like, like nakedness, like kind of feelings like, <laughs> and, and not in a taboo kind of way, but because like the naked body is exciting. It is powerful. It is sexual, you know, like it's not that I have creepy photographers or like, we just can't grow up, you know, or whatever. Like it's because those parts those parts are real with nudity and female nudity because gosh, the curves and angles of a woman's body are gorgeous. Like I have yet to see an ugly naked woman still, you know, like I haven't found one yet. We're closed, you know, <laughs> like, um, and, uh, yeah, where, where are we going with this? Um, 
what was our question? Um, how your sexual charge empowers you in your yeah, life. Yeah, so, so being naked is a powerful thing. And I think just like the more, it comes from a really playful nature too. Um, so especially in an intimate space by yourself, like you don't have to share it with anyone you know, which is a really cool thing about your sexuality. It's, it's could be a hundred percent for you. Generally, if you have a partner, it might be really kind and fun for that partner to also experience that. Um, and I think there's a really cool experience with like growing with your partner as well. Um, but yeah, sexuality could be a very private thing too and and for me it's just it's all fun and it's fun being naked and like I mentioned earlier like that is not something that happened overnight but it is I don't think you could ever like regret an experience of exploring yourself yeah absolutely it's so I mean why would you deny yourself a chance to connect with yourself deeper right right? yeah like and get to know yourself more. it's scary, you know, and I think a lot of people are afraid to dive in because you have to admit things like, maybe I don't love my bunion, okay? I don't love it. Like, it sucks sometimes. But you know what? It's a part of my body, and I actually kind of think it's sexy. Like, you know what? Sorry, I said it. Like, (laughs) but it's, it's, (laughs) it's just like, because having those conversations with yourself are uncomfortable and it's sometimes easier to avoid them than to have them even with yourself, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. So I do have to ask, so you mentioned, um, how being naked and having that sexual charge and just letting that be fluid and flow from Mm -hmm. you um, feels very much like you're in power and um, like you have like that um, command over people who mm-hmm. see it. So do you, this is a two-part yes. question because, and it's just something that I'm curious about. So do you feel like some people abuse that power and it's kind of more of just like you have to abuse it in order to understand it and then kind of integrate it? Um, and then the other question is, how do you feel about the people who, how do I word this correctly? Like you said, like, not that you have like a creepy photographer mm. or one that can't grow up, but those, those viewers that are kind of <laughs> creepy and can't grow up, how do you deal with um, that? That is a question I want to ask other women who do this too, almost weekly. Um, so <laughs> I was really, when I started this whole kind of like public thing, so this has really been part of my personality forever. Um, I was worried about that. And part of this journey is also like to write a book. And like, it's kind of funny because this book, I want it to be images of like nudity um, or, you know, lingerie or whatever. But like a, a woman, you know, or a femme who, who is acting strongly through her sexuality. But I also want every photo to come with an essay of a story of that empowerment, because I am terrified of being misunderstood um, to be labeled as those labels of whore or um, slut, you know, because those are kind of negative, like concubine to me, and like that kind of seems powerful. <laughs> um, or like courtesan, <laughs> like those seem like kind of powerful words, but it's like those negatively like charged, like whore words that I'm afraid of people feeling. Um, and 
you know, it's kind of a battle because I, I want to be like sexy, but I also don't want to be like sexy for anyone else. So even if I'm doing like the hip pop thing, which I really try to avoid, but you know what, in a camera and in a photo, it looks really good. Um, <laughs> so it looks really <laughs> fucking sexy. So I battle with that myself, um, like not trying to fall into this habit um, so that, uh, like, sorry to be broad, but like a creepy man, um, you know, I don't want that response, but you know what? I decided I want this photo to be taken like that because it looks good. So I made my choice there and I did the best I could. And I can't tell you, I actually just wrote a blog also about this because it's so freaking frustrating sometimes. Um, like how many times at like 3 a.m. or middle of the day or like lunch at my family's Sunday dinner, you know, where I get this random Instagram call or I open up a message from my Instagram and it's some random dude's dick. And I am like, really, people like honestly, my first reaction is laughter because and it's not the size that I'm laughing at or the shape or anything, but it's just like. What part of your head thinks that I'm available for you, which empowers me, you know, um, but also just like, you're going to face that one is going to face that constantly. And, and it does get me down. And sometimes it does hinder me from like continuing to post, but I have to remember like, a picture is going to be interpreted a thousand words and it kind of doesn't matter if there is an essay attached to that photo because some people don't read that essay most people probably don't um and just remembering like why I'm doing this work and who my audience is which is it could be a man you know because it's for people who are wanting to empower their own sexuality um, it is, I do focus myself on like femme sexuality, but anyone can look at this and take it how they want to. And I just have to remember why I'm doing it, why it feels important to me. And I do get the occasional message of someone who says, you know, and I've gotten it from men and women and, um, you know, gender neutral and all of the the rainbow colors in between who have said like you empower me Nadia because you're so strong that I bought my first toy or you know I bought my first like sexy lingerie thing because you made me feel like I can be worth it too like I know you as a regular person and why can't I do that and so like that's that's who that's why I do it because I love getting messages like that this is all selfish right we need to work selfishly as well but um but I love that people feel that way. And, and because it's a message I need to hear also every day. And so remembering that foundation of the why really helps me get through the literal dick and assholes that I deal with probably daily. <laughs> and, and, wow. and also because I'm a human with contradictions, like we were talking. And so there is like some gray areas where like, I don't mind actually like if someone wanted to pay me because they want to see me in a certain outfit, because that to me is like, Hey, I can still say no to that. 
and I have the power of that choice or I have the power of choice to say yes to that. Um, and so that to me still me, it, I have the power on that. So um, that really helps me to like decide like, is this, is this okay? And then I like literally ask myself if I'm okay. with it. That helps keep it my life in line with my morals even if they change um but it is mine and not anyone else's rules yeah yeah absolutely I love how you truly embody that authority over it's yourself. not easy and it's it's not yeah oh go into that more like why isn't that easy <sighs> oh because it's just like like we were saying earlier too like how how social media or society or standards of society and these ideas of perfectionism. Um, I feel like I've gained a lot of these mentalities from working in a yoga and massage studio and surrounded by really strong, amazing women. Like this isn't me, like this isn't just my story. Like there's been some really great women who even like for what you want to do for work, like to say like, yes, this project feels good, or no, I don't feel comfortable, you know, or this rock climb or this yoga pose, you know, whatever it is, you know, take it into your own life. But, but some women who've really like, been strong with their words have like been strong with like how they feel about a situation as it comes and or as it, they're in it. Um, and, you know, I think if you I believe this because I see others doing it too and I love watching them and their experiences but I think if you really are honest with yourself and you move through the world in that way and there is a, I think I haven't figured this out the fine line between like being selfish or being considerate or being like honest with yourself I haven't figured that out yet and just 30 but <laughs> um, but I really do think if you move genuinely through the world in a really like comfortable place for yourself, then you will be rewarded and the people around you will be happier because you'll be happier. Um, and, and I've learned a lot of these lessons from these women and they've helped me make it easier for the everyday, but I am still, like I said, I'm still a young woman on this path. And I think that path will change every single day and I can't wait for it. Um, I can, but I can't. No, I really can't wait for it. I'm not afraid of getting older. <laughs> I'm so excited to be a grandma. Um, um, but uh, yeah, so just being genuine, I think, is really helpful. Yeah, mm, that's amazing. So I love how you mentioned the support system of the wise women around you, but you also mentioned that you had a partner. So how do they feel about? how you feel and how and what you do and what you embody um oh, sorry I actually just took a bite of salsa oh my god it's spicy oh. okay <laughs> <laughs> um I actually love this about my partner Jamie um he's he is really cool how we came into our relationship is different than how I've come into any other relationship which is probably why we're married today. But from the very beginning, we were the kind of person we loved ourselves when we we're single. When, <clears throat> sorry, 
when we're single. Um, <laughs> but because like when I'm single, I'm generally like, well, maybe seemingly more outgoing because <laughs> I'm actually introverted. But like I get to do what I want and when I want, I'm like really in this power state, right? No one is telling you what I can or can't do. And I love that not having anyone telling me what I can and cannot do. Um, and so when Jamie and I got together, we were both single and we were both very much in love with ourselves and that power of liberation. Um, and we had that conversation very naturally as single individuals of like, why can't we stay this kind of version of ourselves? Like, why do we have to like not be this awesome? Because my friends think I'm awesome exactly as I am and I don't change for them. But why is it like for my partner I'm changing and kind of after like um, and I was actually nude modeling for him because he's a sculptor. So while I'm naked, having a powerful conversation, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but after like a couple of weeks, we kind of it took us a couple of weeks to realize that we were saying the same thing. And then somehow in this time together, we probably within like the same the second day of knowing each other we immediately divulged our deepest darkest darkest secrets that we never told anyone and that was a really uncomfortable conversation um you know and then like but we like we created the space for like those words and stories to be exchanged one like without judgment or comparison or harassment or um, explosion of emotions really in any direction and and because we are both very sexual people we've had we we kind of like mentally started out as like an open relationship um, but we just kept having uncomfortable but very honest conversations about our sexuality, what we wanted it to mean, you know, are we a couple even yet, you know, like, what are the rules, because I don't feel like I want to be actually, like, captivate, captivated by just one person right now, this is mostly me also, um, <laughs> I broke up with him three times, patient man, um, and I never did that to anyone before, because I was so a, not ready to fall in love with a nice guy because I, like, didn't understand the benefit in that because um, I was still hung up on this idea of, like, assholes and, like, false bravado. But um, but also I was really afraid to lose myself in another relationship. But so Jamie and I really, from the beginning, we had a lot of honesty. We had a lot of um, transparency about what we wanted, even if it wasn't standard. Um, and, and hearing the other person, um, and understanding where they were coming from, Jamie actually discovered that I was polyamorous. I didn't even know a, that that word existed or B that it pertained to me. I didn't realize that label was mine or like a part of me. <laughs> um, but, but like that, that is what I love about him. And that's what I continue to love about our relationship is is that kind of constant understanding about we are also people on a journey in a path and growing and changing. And um, we're constantly discovering new things about ourselves that our partner may know or maybe not know, you know, or maybe didn't realize also just like yourself. Um, and we create the space for 
for that understanding and really in our relationship I have to say like sometimes the hardest conversations are the ones I really look forward to the most um and it's the ones we we get to know each other deeper as people which I think helps us get along on the day-to-day but also it it also helps us decide like, Hey, is this something, is this someone or something that I still want for myself? And we can make that decisions with knowing like there's great love, but there's also no hard feelings. Um, which maybe makes the relationship sound like it could end at any moment, which everyone's really terrified about that too. Um, and we're kind of like philosophical, both in that way, like understanding for one reason or another, tomorrow we could maybe not be together so we make every day you know a a choice of like this is the man or this is the woman or this is like the partner I want to be with I may be pissed right now or they're maybe annoying right now but it's it's like it's just having that understanding for each other and our mood swings um that really that really helps us get through every day (laughs) and and we do love each other so that really helps too but um yeah that's that's kind of our secret (laughs) oh I love it that presence is so powerful just staying in that moment and that having that understanding of the bigger picture yeah it's and it's good to ask yourself like hey is this what I want because I think it's easy to just be like well this is my life you know and and like kind of like with our bodies (laughs) or like with our um, personalities you know like well this is how I was raised or this is what I look like or this is how I eat you know and like those kinds of words take power away from yourself and it's it's uncomfortable to give yourself power it's a lot of responsibility but I think it is really rewarding in like a lot of facets of of one's life yeah wow (laughs) amazing okay so we've talked about how you have got to be in so many different aspects of your life where you are right now um but we didn't talk about truly right now, right now. So what do you love most about where you are in your life now? Um, you know, this coronavirus COVID situation, I know it's really affected everyone in a lot of ways. And I'm only really speaking um, from my experience through this. But having this battle of being a strong female you know in charge of her sexuality um, but also in love with this idea of having like homemade bread and dinner on the table every night um this I I don't conventionally work I work from home and what that is is that it's cooking and baking and gardening and caring for the home and I also like manage like multiple websites too you know there's like that kind of side of life but it's their passion projects and I help my husband who's um you know a self-employed artist and we are artists together um and by having this virus shut down and forcing me to stay home and not like pretend that I'm looking for a job um you know because it's it was talk about a conversation hard to have with myself. It was a scary thing to just be like, Hey, I am a stay at home wife and I fucking love it. Um, because 
I'm a powerful CEO of our artist farm here, <laughs> you know, like, but because that's, yeah. that's like, I love that females have power and I don't want to misunderstand my story by saying I'm giving it all away because I, I'm not, I'm taking it back for myself in my way. Um, but, but it felt, it felt like I was misleading maybe myself or maybe other people. I'm really harsh on myself. So when I could just kind of like let it go um, and, and by like just being, having to be home and like having the, the time and the space and like finally the excuse to like make homemade sour cream, um, <laughs> um, like raised chickens, like I love that. And it's, it's basically what this whole conversation with you has been about of like, being honest with oneself and like honing in on the life you want, even if the whole world and society may look at you and say like, shame on you, you know, for doing this. Um, I'm trying to have that brain of that 70 year old, 80 year old, whatever grandma, who's just like, I don't give a fuck. You know, like I'm trying <laughs> to put that helmet on now. Um, because I think I'll be happier for the rest of my life, um, because the saying says so. So, like, I'm I'm trying to just start that now, um, and 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 just own this. So, it's hard. I cry sometimes a lot. It's not really pretty. I like yell actually at my husband because I'm like frustrated with myself for just not like letting myself do it. I mean, it kind of sounds crazy. It, mm -hmm. Like it manifests itself in like arguments where I am yelling at him, but really it's, it's all me. You know what I mean? Like, um, so that's, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at. I'm learning to be comfortable, not having a regular job. Um, but, but in my own way, transforming that I have goals and dreams and I, I want to make money. I'm just like, not really, I've never, my parents hate this. I'm just not driven by like dollar bills. You know, I'm driven by like creativity and creation and doing and not so much how I'm getting paid. <laughs> so um, by having that space, I'm really lucky to have that space. I'm so thankful for that. But, it, you know, I have ideas. They maybe just take longer to grow. So I'm, I'm happy to have that space and in that time in my life right now. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Very normal. <laughs> <laughs> Very normal. I love it. I mean, you, what you just said, it's truly, like I said in the very beginning and how I introduced you, you truly embody the divine mm -hmm. feminine. You have, like, if you look at, uh, let's just say the mm -hmm. goddesses, for example, you have Athena with the wisdom and Artemis with like setting the intention and like hunting down your yeah. dreams. And then you have Aphrodite with like the sexual and the love and everything. And then you have Hesta, mm -hmm. which is like the goddess of the home yeah. and really like taking care and nurturing. I mean, it's truly the divine feminine mm -hmm. and it, it really is amazing. And because you embody that divine feminine so powerfully and all different aspects of it, the maiden, the mother, the crone, like you really want to be that <laughs> grandma and you already have that mindset of, which I think we all should have that mindset, like that, you know, reality check at least once in a while of, okay, I'm going to die. I'm going to be this old. I'm going to look back on my life. What do I really yeah. want to remember? Oh, she just kind of made me cry. And, awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. But you're definitely, because you have that divine feminine 
so powerfully unleashed within you and it's that creative mm-hmm. energy then you're definitely going to create everything that you want and it's going to be so yeah, beautiful <laughs> I mean, oh it's so scary you know it's so really scary but I really do believe again it might be a slower process than like getting an engineering degree or something um but like I do believe that in the long run, I'm going to look back at my life and I will be financially okay. Like I do trust in that um, and that I will not only be financially okay, but also very like fulfilling and emotionally and spiritually and physically okay too. Because I try to do that work, you know, while also being like realistic with myself, which is very hard to do because I'm kind of, I'm trying to not be, but I have tendencies of perfectionism but yeah it's so Mm. cool just the divine feminine is really powerful and I really appreciate that comparison of all those wonderful goddesses that's just magic I don't I feel so Uh, lucky to have those words like by that (laughs) oh absolutely absolutely Okay, so you said you do have some future plans that um, you want Mm -hmm. to come to fruition. So where can people find you and keep up to date on your work now and then see you grow into whatever you end up doing? Yeah, um, so I guess the the page that I manage more like a business would be my Instagram for La Femme Cat um, and also my KaterinaCollective.com website. Um, those are kind of like this, as far as like the female empowerment and sexuality, um, that's where those things and facets of my life are. Um, and also like, if you are more interested in kind of like the homesteading side of it all, I have a really tiny, um, other Instagram account and also website, um, that I, I don't, I manage those more like a creative artist. So sometimes I won't post forever. Um, the website I try to do better, but, um, it's, it's scenes of Nampara, like you're viewing like a scene, but scenes of Nampara, N-A-M-P-A-R-A. Um, and, and my website is NadiaKaterina.com. And that website has like food recipes and kind of sometimes just like real life stories, sometimes travel stories. Travel stories are on the low right now, obviously, because no one's traveling. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's kind of more of like that home study or just like normal life and then some like uh, practical recipes for dinner or whatever. Um, but yeah, those are, that's me. Um, and that's where like my journeys will continue to be posted and shared. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's where you can find me out on the interwebs. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So I have one last question for you and it's the question that I love asking the very most. I think it's a great question to be asked, but also for everybody listening to ask themselves as well. So the question is, who is the superhero inside of you that has all the power you could ever need? Oh, okay. My sister, my sister would hate this, Um, but (laughs) I would have to say in a non-conceited way, myself, Um, because I'm the only one who could really 
and this is something my my husband has really helped me to learn but I'm the only one who could really give myself power or take power away um, and I don't mean to say that sometimes people won't do shitty things to you or say or you know not that there's not outside forces but when it comes to the choices of like how am I going to look at myself in the mirror and feel about myself or um, you know what I'm going to go to therapy because I want to be mentally well or I'm going to love myself more because I want that for myself and all of the things that I think make me strong again not that I haven't been greatly I can name a lot of inspirational women and I'm I probably would take a long time answering it that way. But the work comes from within. And there's this really hot fireball of a solar plexus within each and every one of us. And activating that bonfire. And when you feel it's not there, stoking that fire. That's where the power comes from. And like... This is actually why I love lingerie, too, because it's generally under your clothes, right? Like your solar plexus is like inside your energetic body. But it's also something that no one else can see or touch, um, you know, and and kind of it's it's a something for yourself. Um, and so it's like a secret from within. And it's where the power comes from, like. Um, I have this power of the sexy outfit underneath and no one knows where my confidence is coming from because they don't know I'm wearing this like super hot leather lingerie set, but they also can't take it away because they don't know where that's located. And I think that's what, that's what makes, that's who I look to for my power, looking at myself in the mirror and said, you go fucking get it because this is what you want. And that's, that's it. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love it so, so much. But don't tell my sister because it's a conceited answer and I will be reprimanded. (laughs) (laughs) That is not conceited at all. It's true. That's true for every single one of us. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I have so much gratitude for you coming on and sharing your story with us. Thank you so much. It was such an honor. Thank you so much. You you've really helped me feel feel that strength and I'm so happy to be part of your podcast it is so wonderful I love that you're doing this so many women and people really I mean I know we're maybe focusing on the women but people love this and enjoy this kind of work so thank you so much for for offering it you for listening to this podcast. I hope that this episode has some way inspired you to take control, given you the tools to feel secure and on fire in your own independence, and help to unlock within you the impact that you're here to make. You're not born with a purpose. You're born as your purpose. It's already inside of you, and it's your responsibility in this life to live that in the truest way possible. If you've gotten any sort of value out of this episode, please share it so that we can together expand our inspiration and our impact in this world.